Hey, dear. Yes, dear. Hey, it's our third episode. I know. How did we get all the way to the third episode already? Sheer dumb luck and determination, I guess. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There's that. Um, I did appreciate earlier when you told me that you were going to switch gears and just nod and smile while I talked through these. <laughs> As you're doing now. <laughs> There'll be less editing that way. Uh, maybe. <laughs> See, the thing is, I'm very picky about editing me, but you seem to actually nail everything you're going to say, so I don't really <laughs> have... It's actually faster if you do the talking. Nail everything I'm going to say, huh? Well, we'll see. You can nail me later. Ha ha. We're going to be lucky if I can stay awake throughout this whole recording, let alone any extracurricular activity. Well, I suppose we should uh, get to the opening tune then. Let's do it. We're John and Andy. We have a show. Yep. Needed a theme song, so I wrote one. Here you go. We're both late bloomers and a perfect pair. Got married, went to school, had a kid, started over with a whole new career. <laughs> We've got to figure out this thing as we go. The John and Andy Show. <laughs> hey, welcome to Oh Shoot Reboot with John and Andy. I'm John. I'm Andy. <laughs> You're looking lovely this evening, dear. Thanks. Uh, slightly sleep deprived. A little. I feel very tired this tonight for some reason. <laughs> well, I did come down here and set up the microphones and come back up to find you napping on the couch. Oh, it is 11 o'clock on a Monday night. And it is your general state after 10 o'clock. That's true. But on the other hand, it is because I got up at 5 a.m. Mm, yeah, she has a real job. I do this for a living, sort of. <laughs> and I've been getting up and trying to be to work before everybody else. Well, maybe not everybody else, but everybody else in my department. So I can get some work done. Mm-hmm. So what a fun week it's been. There's been an election, which is just going so smoothly. So wonderfully smoothly. I'm smiling and nodding again for you. <laughs> yes, it has been quite the week. There's an election with, you know, record voter turnout. Which is a good thing. Yes. So. If you would do anything other than watch news all day, <laughs> you could talk about things other than the election. Hey, I also read. So we could start a new segment called, What Are You Reading? Usually sci-fi or mystery novels. True. So before we get started, I wanted to do something. We are, of course, all about celebrating major milestones in the family. And this week was our niece Sophia's birthday. She's 17. Is that right? 17, yes. Yes. And Sophia is a very talented, intelligent young lady. Good in school. She's learning to drive and... That actually doesn't fill us with fear. Uh, <laughs> we're saving all the trepidation for her sister. <laughs> Possibly Eileen in years to come. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. But so, yeah, I just wanted to take a moment. And Sophia, if you're listening, a very happy birthday from your aunt and uncle. We won't sing. <laughs> no, but me being the kind of uncle that I am, I'm not exactly going to leave it just there. See, education is very important to me. So I thought I would take a moment to go over a little uh, historical snippet of something that happened 
on November 12th. So without further ado, I want to tell you about the most disgusting explosion in modern history. <laughs> in this new segment, It Happened on Your Birthday. It happened on your birthday. So you may have seen this story floating around on social media this week. November 12th was the 50th anniversary of a really bad idea that happened on the beaches outside of Florence, Oregon in 1970 when a 45-foot, 8-ton sperm whale carcass washed up onto the shore mm. and proceeded to rot while the town decided what to do with it. That sounds stinky. Uh, yes. It was too big to be buried or burned. It was too big for scavengers to pull it apart and too gross to cut up. So in the biggest hold my beer moment of the decade, they packed the sand around the whale with a half a ton of dynamite <laughs> <laughs> and backed up about a quarter of a mile. Ew. Now the explosion in question when it detonated was met with a resounding cheer which shortly became shrieks of terror as it was realized that a quarter mile was not actually far enough. <laughs> <laughs> a cloud of rancid blubber chunks arced high overhead <laughs> like the barrage of arrows from the Battle of Helm's Deep and rained down upon the hapless spectators as they ran in search of unattainable shelter. Think about the ending to Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> But instead of a crowd of New Yorkers getting doused in sticky, sweet dismemberment of an angry marshmallow, West Coasters instead found themselves liberally coated in the flying flotsam of a decomposing sea mammal. Gross. The foul projectiles flew well beyond the safety limit into the parking lots of nearby buildings. The best that can be said is that the largest chunk of whale did not injure anyone, but instead flattened one family's brand new Cadillac. <laughs> Under the circumstances, the city was willing, if not particularly happy, to pay for the damages. So 50 years have passed since this disturbing incident, and in its <laughs> honor, Exploding Whale Memorial Park has recently opened in Florence, and the footage has been remastered and is currently enjoying a good run on YouTube and social <laughs> media. So feel free to check that out. Happy birthday, Sophia. <laughs> So, again, if you're listening, happy birthday, happy exploding whale day, and tell your sister that she's next. <laughs> that means for our next podcast, you have to come up with two historical facts. Or just one really good one. That's true, because we have two birthdays to celebrate on December 1st. Yes. Mine and Sophia's sister Lydia. So that'll be a lot of fun. I'll, I'll, I'll have to search for something equally as wonderful as the exploding whale as of exploding whales. <laughs> so that has been the first ever segment of It Happened on Your Birthday. It Happened on Your Birthday. Well, diving into our main course today. Beef. <laughs> yes. In a savory gravy. Mmm. Who's cooking? We don't want it to be me. Oh, coffee. I full-heartedly believe that you could follow a recipe if you wanted to. I suppose. Well, we were going to talk today about hating your job and then doing something about it. So what did you do about it, dear? I stopped doing my job. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? <laughs> this uh, this topic is kind of where I wanted to take this podcast to begin with. It's that I, I want people to get in their heads that they're not as trapped as they think they are. I thought I was trapped in a dead-end job forever. 
And it turned out I'm, I didn't have to be. There are ways around it. If you want an advanced education, it is possible if you're willing to take that step. It really helps if uh, a lot of things go your way, but a lot of things went our way that I don't think we were expecting them to. <laughs> <laughs> no, what weren't we expecting to go our way? I was expecting everything to go completely wrong because that's the kind of optimist I am. Ah, and this is where we really get into it. John is not the optimist. No, and I am not. And if it had been up to me, if um, I never would have taken the step because I just couldn't believe in myself or anything else quite that much. But fortunately, I met a fantastic, very encouraging person. Very encouraging person who sometimes may be a little over-optimistic. Always believing that no matter what, something good is going to come out of this. <laughs> That's me. Well, I think it was it was one of our first couple of dates. I think I remember us, we were taking a walk around a park, and that was when you first told me, I don't remember the exact words at this point, 10 plus years ago, but you basically told me, uh, you seem to have a brain in your head. Why don't you go back to school? And my response was, no, it's been too long. It's been too long. I can't possibly do that. Well, that does sound like you. <laughs> no, I was, I was completely petrified on that, particularly the thought of having to remember math. I, I wasn't good at math in high school. And, uh, you know, at one point when I had to take a machining test to get an advancement at a factory, I thought I had bombed it because I couldn't remember how to do long division. They didn't give me a calculator. I've always considered myself lucky because I was taught one of the things my family believed in was doing something that makes you happy. As long as you are making a living that you can survive on, do something that makes you happy, not something that makes you miserable so that you can make lots of money. And I think that was one of the things when we met that struck me about you is that you were not doing something that made you happy. Yeah, and I, I don't know how I don't know how I got to that point. I just sort of reached the conclusion somewhere that earning a paycheck was enough in life and uh Basically, you needed to be happy in your free time <laughs> instead of at work. And uh, unfortunately, I think a lot of people out there are like that. I mean, the concept of at my age, at, at the point at 30, going out there and trying a new career and trying to do something that you really wanted to do seemed like a step that was really difficult to take. And uh, well... Trying to do it alone probably would have been a very, very difficult step. It was it was hard anyway, but um, it's nice to have someone who believes in you. <laughs> well, and probably about the time we met is when I maybe had first realized this or something, is that one of my favorite things that I learned in my 30s or late 20s was that Julia Child didn't start cooking until she was, I think, 37 as tired as I am tonight, I don't know if I'm remembering her age exactly, but... Yeah, full disclaimer, we rarely research things. Maybe <laughs> later maybe later when we're getting into specifics about stuff like college tuition and stuff, do a little bit more research for you, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I mean, I won't say that I, I've not completely researched. I mean, I've watched the movie Julie and Julia, and I've read the book. <laughs> I mean, that's basically where this is coming from. But <laughs> Julia Childs was in her late 30s. Was that peer-researched? <laughs> She, I read her autobiography, and I don't know if it's an autobiography or biography, one of those. Anyways, she didn't start cooking until she was in her late 30s. Mm-hmm. And it was just inspiring to me, the thought that, hey, you could completely change careers and be very successful mm-hmm. in your late 30s or at any age. You don't have to start out doing something and, you know, do it from the time you're in your 20s, but to learn something new and just be very successful at it at, a, you know, later in life or in your middle age. I just I thought that was very encouraging and really said something. Please, dear, keep continuing to tell me that I might be successful someday. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need to hear it. Every year I look forward to what might come. <laughs> This could be the year he finally actually brings in some money. No, uh, He's always down on himself, ladies and gentlemen. Always. I have told him over and over again that even though, yes, we sent him back to school so that we could have a better future, just because he's not 100% successful right now <laughs> doesn't mean he won't be, especially since he has spent the last, well... Five years being a stay-at-home dad slash student slash career person, audio engineer, and that he's doing a very important job doing that. Well, it is an honor and a privilege to raise the little rascal (laughs) that you all got to hear in the last episode. Yeah, non-traditional gender roles. I'm a stay-at-home dad. Who'd have thunk? But yeah, that's, that's all fun in its own realm. So you were working in a factory when we met. Yeah. And I I think I remember this walk you were talking about. I specifically remember early on in our dating, we would take a lot of walks around Shove Park because you lived near that park at the time. Mm-hmm. And I can remember specifically walking around asking you what you would like to do. If you weren't doing what you were doing, what you would like to do. And you threw out all sorts of things about animals and the environment and having all sorts of big ideas of what. I did at one point, I think, I can't remember exactly, but I did at one point think, wouldn't it be interesting to like go around the country to different animal rescue places and uh, write a book about my experiences or something like spend six months on the road going around to different animal rescues. Let's see, now, 10 years later, that just seems like a lot of work. (laughs) I I, I would be, uh, I would consider at some point if we could become financially independent enough to do it, hop in a Winnebago and go across country and do a cross country podcast series or something. While homeschooling the crazy child. Oh, there's that. Yeah, that is a, that could be a topic for another day, but looking forward to her being an actual full-time school next year. And how that will change life and being able to get away and do different things. But that's a whole nother topic. But I do specifically remember you having this whole list of possible careers or if I could do this, 
type situations. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do at that point. The audio engineering thing had not even occurred to me. I've always considered myself a decent writer, and I would have liked to have written the Great American Novel or something like that. But It's that... never too late. Well, you know what? It doesn't seem that far out of reach anymore. We've been spending the last year listening to stuff on masterclass.com, and I've been listening to a lot of writers, listening to them talk about their processes and stuff. And I'm, I'm starting to think that if I just organized things better, it wouldn't be that hard to write a book. Probably not. So you're mentioning of masterclass. I have uh, found that what you listen to on masterclass and what I've listened to on masterclass really says something about us. I've always <laughs> thought of myself as a halfway creative person, yet all the creative stuff, the writers and the musicians, I'd listen to a little bit of, but not find them to be that, like, it really wasn't my thing to listen to. Yet I kept finding myself listening to, like, the business people and the entrepreneurs <laughs> and, you know, all this stuff. And I, I think that really... uh kind of talks about the differences between how you think and how I think. I will go ahead and plug this because on a certain level, it does go along with the theme of, you know, expanding your knowledge and expanding yourself. If you ever thought about or haven't heard of it yet or have thought about it and hadn't pulled the trigger, uh, masterclass.com is really interesting. Essentially, it's, you know, people, uh, celebrities and people at the top of their industry doing these classes where they go in depth about what they do and, and how they do it. And like I watched master classes now from uh, directing by Ron Howard. That was fascinating. Several writing classes with Dan Brown and James Patterson and Judy Bloom and uh, who's the short story lady, Joyce Carol Oates. And I watched Magic with Penn and Teller and comedy writing with uh, Steve Martin. And, and the big thing that drew me to it was I, I do a little bit of film scoring. I'm just little stuff, but I'm a film score junkie. And uh, they had film scoring with Hans Zimmer and Danny Elfman. And it's just a really, really cool thing to do. Just all these classes have been very, very interesting, each in their own way. And I've learned a lot about processes and, and things like that and how these different famous people have done what they've done. And Andy's been watching some like uh, cooking shows and barbecue. Well, I've been watching. I've watched the cooking with Gordon Ramsay and a couple other ones. And then I watched uh, the one with Bob Iger from Disney. Disney. Yeah. And then the one and I can't remember her name, but I found her very interesting. The um, woman who came up with Spanx. <laughs> I all about business and everything and then but very just very interesting on how you know take an idea and form it into something and not give up on it and just keep trying and keep selling it and and it's just was fascinating to me to listen to those the ones that are more uh, business oriented and how to run your business and how to take an idea and turn it into something and less of the creative ones, but maybe that's because a lot of them on there are musical or writing, and creative writing especially has never been really something I was good at. So as interesting as it was to listen to snippets of them, they didn't hold my attention. Oh, dear, but you'll never know the joy of completing a successful metaphor. <laughs> no, I love writing. I'm I'm better at writing than I am speaking. Uh 
if you're a creative person and you want to see how other creative people do their work, I thoroughly recommend uh, checking out masterclass.com. I will say that I don't think any of the classes on there are worth the $90 access to one show, but the $180 access for an entire year to all of them is definitely worth it. Right. And when we took out a year's subscription, it was our Christmas present to each other last year. Uh And they were actually doing buy one, get one free on the all access passes. And granted, we probably could have shared it, but shared just the one, but probably, but it was buy one, get one free. And I guess we could have given one away to someone else, but you know. I'm getting a little upset because I got behind on the ones that I wanted to watch over the summer and I'm starting to realize they're going to be up in a couple of weeks and there's about five more I really want to watch. You don't don't have time for all of them, dear. No, I have to pick one or two and uh, But I I, I will say that what compelled me last year, since we're talking about change and bettering Uh yourself... What compelled me about getting the subscriptions last year was that I was at a place where I felt like I hadn't done anything to better myself in a while. You know, I think part of mental health is always doing something to better yourself and learning new things, even if it's reading on a new topic or whatever. And I think Masterclass at that point really appealed to me because it was something that I could do because these are usually short, like 10 to 15 minute snippets that you're actually learning something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I felt like that was that I needed that last year to kind of get me out of a funk and help me to move forward and just do something different. I think, and I don't know, maybe it's just me and not everyone's like this, but I feel that I function better if there's, if I can learn, if I can expand myself, if I'm reading, I will always be a great advocate of books and reading and expansive knowledge. Even before I went back to college, I would read history. I'd read, you know, I have a need to understand the world and uh, when you can put that kind of thing to use for yourself and expanding your mind, I think you're always going to be a little happier. Mm -hmm. That's another thing about, you know, when I was stuck in factories for about 14 years, a couple of different places, the first one I, I was at for 11 years, it was a profound sense of complacency came into me. I was not learning anything. And the job I was doing was essentially hitting buttons and checking things with calipers. And it was not something that required a brain. And I let mine get a bit lax. And going back to school and having to cram knowledge back into myself again and brush off the rust on my writing, because I was writing papers every other week and all these deadlines for, you know, tests and all this stuff. It was scary, but it woke me up. It made me a happier person. I was just like, I was stressed beyond belief, but I was just so happy to have my mind be expanding again. And it did a lot for me. I know that I am a much less depressed and, and (laughs) (laughs) I was very depressed in manufacturing. Well, you know, last year, I think it was probably right around this time last year, when we were doing some things with the weight loss clinic, 
Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they had us do was meet with a therapist yeah. to see, you know, what things may be standing in our ways. She gave me a handout on mental health. And one of the things she said to me was that for the most part, most people can keep their mental health in check if they there. I think there's like five things. I don't remember off the top of my head what all they were, but one of them was continuing to educate yourself and learn things and and to just keep your mind working. And mm-hmm. I think that's where, and I think as adults, we all get a little complacent with that. We are working and living life and trying to make money and keep our families afloat that way that we kind of let that slip. And we don't do that part as self for self-care. It's part of taking care of ourselves is learning things, whether that's going back to school or just reading books or you know, watching educational shows or something. God bless PBS. (laughs) Although it's both a blessing and a curse because all our daughter ever watches is PBS kids shows. Oh, yes, but she has learned a lot from those shows. That's true. Um, She'll just randomly start singing a song or something. And where'd that come from? I learned it on Eleanor Wonders Why. Well, the historic facts that she knows because of watching Xavier Riddle in the Secret Museum amazes me. At her age, I did not know who any of these historic figures were. Or she knows all these nature facts from there's several nature-oriented cartoons on there. And you don't want your child completely raised by television, but... uh, (laughs) If they're watching the right thing, it's, it's kind of fun to watch them, you know, absorb this stuff. She's definitely a, my kid, I'll tell you. <laughs> but going back to school and learning things, I think, did do major things for your mental health and your self-confidence. And it also came as a sense of great relief for me that I could do it, for one thing. I was much, much, much better uh, academically than I expected I would be at my age. That mostly comes to the fact that there were ways around being bad at math. Uh, I had a very understanding and helpful math teacher that got me through. When I heard I had to do college algebra, I was freaking out, but I did have to take a remedial math course, but it wound up not being that big a deal. You know, it was a semester of basic math and then a semester of uh, being scared out of my mind trying to get through algebra. But the real relief, I think, for... um, Getting a college education is, uh, it opens so many more doors. I mean, even if I weren't going to really do much with the audio, which I'm definitely trying to, the fact that I have a college education is very crucial to opening up jobs in the modern world because I mean, just so many employers just have to check that box. Do you have a college education, uh, even if it's not in the field, you know, which is, is sad, but it, it's it's a harder world to live in now than it used to be if you don't have a college education. And I spent so many years without one that it made me feel like I was more stupid than I am. Uh, And I, that's not really the case, but I felt like I'd failed. And maybe you don't feel that way. If you're in that situation, if you're, maybe you enjoy your job. I, uh, me and manufacturing did not get along too well. It's, too many hours of just staring at the same thing and hearing at the same people complaining about the same things day in and day out. Well, and I remember <sighs> one evening you uh, hurt yourself at work and you had to go to ready med and you came home and 
every night you would come home and complain about the pain in your feet and your legs. And you had gone to ReadyMed because you ran over your toe <laughs> with a pallet <laughs> jack. But that that's that was totally his fault, not his employer's fault. And it you, was entirely my fault. It's just the situation. I, I, I got a pallet jack stuck in a half broken pallet and I gave it a good yank and it pulled it over my foot. <laughs> but when you were... What surprised me and maybe what we learned about that evening was that your feet were full of arthritis. And in your mid-30s, you already had arthritis throughout your feet. And that wasn't really going to be a career that you could work for another 20 to 30 years. Hi, Brody, you're trying to talk into the microphone with me. What hit me that night after you'd hurt yourself and you'd had to have your feet x-rayed and the doctor told you how much arthritis you had in your feet was that not only was manufacturing hard on you mentally because you weren't stimulating your mind and and such, but that physically it wasn't really going to be an option for the next 20 to 30 years for you to work in those jobs. My feet were killing me. I'd blown my knees out more than once on that job and not fun. I, I, I was what at that job, like three years? I think. Yeah. I was there for three years and it was just kicking my butt physically. I went home every single night just aching, just wanting to drop all pretense when I got home and start crying because it just hurt so bad. My knees, my feet. For nine bucks an hour, it was definitely not a good situation. But ultimately, though, that's what made you talk some sense into me and say, hey, here's a great program at St. Francis. Let's figure it out. Let's <laughs> let's do it. I'll never forget. I saw a commercial for St. Francis's music tech program. And I don't even remember. It was, I think it was on TV. I saw this commercial. And I think it was for like a, hey, come visit and find out more about this program. So John and I, in our mid-30s, took ourselves to a St. Francis like campus visit day to uh-huh. learn more about the music tech program. And here we are amongst the, uh, you know, parents our age, basically, with their teenage children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Learning I, more about the program for their teenage children. I'll have stories in future episodes about what it was like starting school with a bunch of 19-year-olds. Although I will say one of my, and maybe we've talked about this already, one of my favorite things, though, is so we were at this campus visit day and we're walking around. We've already, we've heard all the stuff about the music tech program and we're taking a tour of (laughs) campus. And there is a, a couple, probably a few years older than us, who had brought their teenage daughter to look at the program and we were talking to them and telling them how, you know, we were looking oh, at the Vic. program for John. And then, and this guy was saying, man, I, I really wish I could do this program. And uh, then a couple of years later, he ends up in the program at St. Francis <laughs> with John. And uh, yeah, we, we worked on the, the record label ad campaign together. <laughs> yeah. And I remember... We were at an event at St. Francis and Vic introduced himself to me and said, I don't know if John's told you, 
but he was the father of the teenage girl that we were walking around campus with that day. (laughs) And he was able to go back and do the program and get his associate's degree from St. Francis. I do remember that day getting led around by uh, Kevin Delmast, who uh, has turned into quite an awesome guy, but he was a... He was a sophomore. He was a sophomore. (laughs) (laughs) He was a sophomore in the music tech program at the time. And uh, I was asking him questions like, uh, are there any gym classes that (laughs) work okay for an old guy with bad knees? (laughs) (laughs) Took weightlifting, by the way. To look back, though, and think about how, I mean, we were not hadn't been married for that long at that point and had no kids. And it was a Saturday morning. I said, hey, let's go check out the St. Francis program. And as I recall, I got very excited when I realized I could learn fully. (laughs) Oh, yes. Fully in sound effects. And guess what? I took a double concentration in music production and audio for creative arts. And towards the end there, I focused more on audio for creative arts. And my senior project was recording a sound effects library. I recorded a 2000 file library and uh, redid the audio for a scene from an old pirate movie. I've always been obsessed with sound effects and Foley and the people who do them and Ben Burt, the guy who invented the lightsaber sound and, you know, all the stuff for Star Wars. He's always been a personal hero, but I never, ever thought I'd be able to learn to do that. And hey, I can do that now. (laughs) I've made a couple of uh, spaceship engines that I think you could drop into the middle of Star Wars and you wouldn't notice that it wasn't up to par. I'm rather proud of being able to learn that stuff. And speaking of that, we're going to have an interesting little project, I think, on the next podcast, courtesy of my daughter finding some uh, sounds for me to work with. That'll be fun. (laughs) That was a fun day, and it really got me thinking about things, and I I really became gung-ho about doing this. And it took some interesting figuring things out, what we could do, and uh, how we would survive me becoming a full-time student and... We'll probably get into that in the next episode, but um, uh, you think we could? We should do a little thing now? Ooh, a thing. <laughs> I was thinking we could do another episode of Was It Worth It? Was it worth it? Oh, boy. And I'm so pleased about this one. This is the part of the show, if you haven't heard it yet, where I play something for Andy that I created, a piece of audio. This is another song. It won't always be songs. I'm going to play around with some different things. Like I said, we may do some stuff with sound effects. We may do some skits. We'll see. Uh, Fake news report or something at some point. I have plans. I have thoughts. (laughs) He has plans, ladies and gentlemen. That's scary. But this particular one has an interesting story behind it. (laughs) I had completely forgot this until I found the file the other day when I was searching for something completely different in my archives we can call it archives it's actually just this mess on uh hard, old hard drives that <laughs> <laughs> just this conglomeration of crap if you will most of which i yanked off the uh, school computers uh before graduation <laughs> well it's your stuff that you it's, had, it's had my saved stuff. on the school computers it's my stuff from the school server but i found this this was actually one of my failures of my last semester it was something i was trying to do at the last minute see every year they have a student award show the students submit their best work and i had won an award each of the two years before that So senior year rolled around, and maybe I was getting a little cocky. 
What? Maybe. <laughs> and I didn't have a whole lot yet to submit because I was trying to get my senior project done. So I had kind of a rush thing from a video I did on that. And uh, I had another video submission and I had one song that I'd mixed that I entered and I knew that none of them were really quite up to par with what was getting put in for the awards. So in my arrogance, I tried to record and rush through one last song before the deadline. So I was up until like 5 a.m. the day that this was due trying to finish this last song to submit. And I had to admit defeat because I made a mistake at 5 a.m. And I was like, this is just never going to get anywhere. And it was not good enough to win anything. And it was like, why am I losing sleep over this? This is not something that's required. It's just me stroking my ego. <laughs> and now we're going to find out, was it worth it? Well, you know, I dug up this file. I finished mixing it. And it could use some more elements. It could... No, it's still not worth a student award at St. Francis. <laughs> it's not, but it, it's mixed and it's fun. And I thought I'd see if you think it's worth it. <laughs> Was it worth it to send me back to school? That's the premise. So here we go, dear. Here is my rendition of Whiskey in the Jar. <laughs> Whiskey or the devil, you're leading me astray. Over hills and mountains and to America. Your sweetness from the flesh and are your spunky earth and tay. Oh, whiskey, I'm a darling drunk or sober. Now brave boys were on for marching off to Portugal or Spain The drums are beating, banners flying The devil home will come tonight, love fare thee well Tilly iri duri amada, me tilly iri duri amada Rightful the laddie, oh there's whiskey in the jar Oh whiskey or the devil, you're letting me astray over hills and mountains and to America Your sweetness from the flesh and are your spunky are than tay Oh, whiskey, are me darling, drunk or sober The French are fighting boldly, men are dying hot and coldly Give every man his flask of powders, firelock on his shoulder Love fare thee well you rightful tortellati, oh, there's whiskey in the jar. Oh, whiskey, you're the devil, you're leading me astray. Over hills and mountains and to America. Your sweetness from the flesh and are your spunky earth and tay. Oh, whiskey, you're my darling, drunk or sober. Says the old one, do not wrong me, don't take me daughter from me, for if you do, I shall torment you, and after death, me ghost shall haunt you, love fare thee well. Me till the iri duri yamada, me till the iri duri yamada, the rightful tortellati, oh, there's whiskey in the jar. Oh, whiskey, you're the devil, you're leading me astray, over hills and mountains and to America. Sweetness from the flesh and are your spunkier than tay. Oh, whiskey, are me darling, drunk or sober? Hey, hey, well. Whiskey, you're the devil, you're leading me astray. 
Over hills and mountains and to America Your sweetness from the flesh and are Your spunky earth and tay Oh, whiskey, are me darling, drunk or sober Hey! <laughs> well, it's no Metallica <laughs> No, they did a different whiskey in the jar <laughs> <laughs> They actually did uh, a variant on the version that Peter, Paul, and Mary did. So, you know, that's a feather in their cap. <laughs> <laughs> well, dear, I enjoyed that. Who in the world did you convince to uh, help you record that at 5 a.m.? Well, I had recorded it before that. I was trying to get it put together. You're trying at to mix 5 it. A.m. And it didn't work. No, it was basically random people I grabbed in the hallway, <laughs> if I remember right. I have almost no recollection of any of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually, I, I do think it sounds good. I think you did a good job remixing it. I actually think it sounds rather good, and I always forget until... It needs a few more elements, but I, I maybe I'll, I'll work with it and add to it. Because uh, was there anything other than Balron? Uh, I, I recorded two Balron tracks. That very beginning drum beat was back and forth between playing Balron with two different sticks. You know, I have mm-hmm. I have one tipper that has that like clacky sound to right. it. So I was going back and forth between those, some djembe and some cajon and a uh, shaker. You can't do anything without shaker. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it came out all right. I I would agree. I think it came out rather well, and I think uh, it's a good rendition of a traditional song. And uh-huh. uh, so, it's just to make it official, was it worth it? Yes. <laughs> awesome. So um, he's waiting for me someday to say no. <laughs> someday I'm going to do something just to see if I can get you say no. <laughs> Uh, okay, we've been recording for a while at this point, so I think we should probably uh, call it quits for this episode. I think I need to start a new segment of my own. Was it worth it? I'm going to uh, make some new creations uh, in the kitchen and make you taste them while we're recording to find out, was it worth it? Tasty or not? <laughs> That's no fair. You know you're a great cook. <laughs> okay, well, that is our show. Thank you for listening to Oh Shoot Reboot with John and Andy. Got through another one, dear. We made it. We are brought to you in part courtesy of Young's Greenhouse and Flower Shop. All audio production in this podcast is by yours truly, except for the closing theme, which is Legend or Myth by Rosalind and the Way. Oh Shoot Reboot is produced by Wayne Shout Productions. Check us out and other great podcasts at wayneshout.com. It's been a pleasure, and we're looking forward to coming to you again soon. Andy, any parting words of advice? If you don't know what you're doing, just fake it until you make it. This is John and Andy signing off. Wait out the night, I want to know what happens if I give them money to be right. I want to know if I'm made of real stuff or full of it. I want to know if I'm a legend or myth. 
This has been a Wayne Shout production. Wayne Shout.